I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, listeners. It's Jem. So as you might have guessed in the episode title, Rhea and I will be talking about animal cruelty in this episode. Now, we purposely don't get into any nitty-gritty details, but we do mention the different forms of cruelty that animals do experience. So if this isn't something that you're comfortable hearing about at all, then I recommend that maybe this isn't the episode for you. That being said, enjoy the episode, I guess. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you, but first we would like to say a few words. Nitwit. Blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is Is it animal cruelty to use live animals in transfiguration? Hello listeners, I'm Ria, and today I'm arguing that yes, it definitely is animal cruelty. And I'm arguing that no, it's fine. It's not animal cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> Bold stance to be like, no, it's not cruel to change animals into other things. It's fine. <laughs> and I'll get into why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do it then. Why? <laughs> Alright. Sure. So, okay, first of all, I'd like to establish my first point. In the UK, animal cruelty at the time that the HP books were set was mainly understood in reference to the Protection of Animals Act 1911. So I'm oh going to link this act in the show notes. So wow, it okay. lists the offences... Okay. It lists the, it lists the offences of cruelty. It is defined as... Cruelly beating, kicking, the ill-treatment of, overriding, overdriving, overloading, torturing, infuriating, terrifying, or to cause any unnecessary suffering to an animal. Okay. Carrying the animal in a position which causes unnecessary suffering. Alright. Fighting or baiting animals. Administering poisons or or injurious drugs or substances to animals. Mm -hmm. Any operations which are subject or performed without due care for the humanity of the animal. Okay. Uh, tethering an animal that causes unnecessary suffering to that animal. Failure to exercise reasonable care and supervision in respect to the protection of the animal. Or infliction of unnecessary suffering in the preparation for the destruction of animals for food and other commercial substances. And also hunting is animal cruelty. Okay. So those are all the things that I found. That all right. Animal cruelty. I don't remember all the things you just said, <laughs> but several of them jumped out to me. Okay. I've underlined one which is probably pertinent to our discussion, okay. which is the one that says, any operation which is performed without due care or humanity towards the animal. Yeah, that was one of the things that I flagged. Other things that jumped out were from your first point. There were things like ill-treating the animal, torturing the animal, things that cause undue suffering. I think those okay. are the main three that jumped out. Alright. I think that those aren't necessary towards what happens to animals in transfiguration. Arguably, it's it's fine to argue that Snape performs animal cruelty <laughs> on Neville's toad by threatening to poison it. Yes. But that's not transfiguration, that's potions. Okay, yeah, that's, that's definitely animal cruelty. Poisoning an animal to teach a child a lesson is absolutely animal cruelty. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about, because that's not even a debate. Yep. Okay. So here's my here's my argument. Okay. So okay. I think that everything that I've just said is animal cruelty, but none of it applies to the animals that we see in in Transfiguration because right. I think that the animals used in Transfiguration class aren't real animals. Yeah, I thought this is where you'd go with it. I think that McGonagall gets a bunch of buttons and then the class walks in and she's like, today we'll be turning buttons into beetles. And the products aren't real animals with sentience. They're just transformed and animated buttons. Okay. So you can't be cruel to something that's not actually a real animal. 
All right. Discuss. <laughs> so I broke my argument down into several steps. I'm going to do like a brief intro like you did. <laughs> sure. So I, I didn't have like a definition of cruelty or whatever. Mostly what I wanted to figure out is what does the process of being transfigured do on both a physical and mental yeah. level? And figuring that out in all of its various um, systems. Facets. Formations. Formulas. Yeah. Figuring out what happens in sort of several instances will help us figure out if this is cruel. Sure. So figuring out what happens on a physical mental level in animal to animal transfiguration, in animal to object transfiguration, in conjured animals, Mm -hmm. and in object to animal transfiguration. Those are the four things that I want to talk about. So I'm happy to start with what you brought up, conjured animals. So Or object to animals, what I brought up. What do you think? Object to animal. Okay, so yes, because McGonagall is conjuring objects and then turning those into animals. Okay, not conjuring the animal directly. So let's start with... Yeah, she's getting a bunch of buttons, turning them into beetles. Yeah. Okay, let's start with object to animals. So, yeah. what do you think happens when an object is turned into an animal? Okay, so this sort of relates to conjured animals too, but here we go. It is impossible to make good food out of nothing. You can summon it you, if you know where it is. You can transform it. You can increase the quantity of it if you've already got some. So this is Hermione mm-hmm. talking about Gamp's Law. Now, animals are food. We can agree this. All animals are food for other animals. <laughs> so I think they're included <laughs> in this category. No. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> I don't think so. Because if they were, it would be impossible to conjure animals. And it's just not. Yeah, but listen, I'm getting to it. So, I think that animals <laughs> right, that go. are conjured or transfigured from objects aren't edible because they're not, like, made up of meat, blood, flesh, and bone in the way that real animals are. Okay. So, I think that if you try to conjure something like a pig to eat it as food, you can't do that because it's not an edible pig. It's not got, like, substance to it. It's just an animated transfiguration or conjuration, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So... They And transfigurations, as we've discussed before, don't last forever. Yes. So they disappear over time, and that makes me think that they don't deteriorate like an actual animal animal would, where it dies and decays. It just deteriorates mm-hmm. magically. It has a time span on it, which makes me think that it's made up of just magic, not flesh and blood and bone. Like in the sixth movie, when Hermione conjures a flock of small birds, and then she yes. makes them fly at Ron and Lavender, and they hit them and just sort of explode into a ball of feathers. Like, that, it's yeah, not like exactly a bird. Like it's not like an actual real animal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. So, do you think they're sort of like, like automatons? Uh, just find an automaton for me or give me an example from pop culture. Because I kind of know what you mean, but I don't want to sound dumb. <laughs> um, not exactly this, but like something like a robot that like that mimics a human but doesn't have a soul, I guess. Uh, sure. Like, kind of like an illusion more than anything, but they're still kind of solid. Okay, that's fine. I guess my question is, do these conjured animals still think and feel? Yep. <laughs> Because they behave like animals. They behave as though they think and feel. See. Or are they just empty inside? But they're also they're also subject to the commands of a wizard. Yeah. Like the conjured snake with the parcel tongue. That could just be a snake thing, though. But then there's the conjured birds, which take Hermione's commands to attack Ron and Lavender. So it makes me think that they're not thinking and feeling and acting in the way that an, a regular animal is. They're more just like a apparition that's like a, like a marionette it's directed by the caster it's like a spell that yeah the reason why i brought up robots is because robots are obviously created by people and they follow commands and eventually there'll be the question of are these robots alive once we make them sophisticated enough do they become alive we're not quite at that point yet though but well actually what you said made me think kind of the opposite because you said they don't think and feel they just follow directions but you brought up the snake that draco malfoy conjures in the second book which harry then speaks to in parcel tongue if he's able to speak to Mm -hmm. the snake in parcel tongue then it must understand the language which means that it thinks see i just i don't think that they're real i think that they're subject to magic 
So Harry's using a magical language to communicate with this magical apparition snake. But if he just tried to jump in front of the snake, the snake would have attacked because it was under Draco's mm-hmm. direction. So I think, like, you know, if another wizard yeah. casts a spell on the conjured snake to make it do something else, then yeah, that, that if that wizard's will is stronger, then it can take control of the, like, the conjured snake. I don't think it's because a snake has, you know, a soul and a thinking mind and all this sort of stuff. I think it's just a magic thing. Mm-hmm. And parcel tongue is a magical language. Okay. I'm not 100% sure I agree, but even even if you're right and it's not real, I don't necessarily know that that isn't still cruel. Mm, like in Westworld. Because, <laughs> yeah, just because something isn't real, just because a bird is not a real bird or a snake is not a real snake doesn't mean that it isn't a creature that can experience pain. Uh-huh. And I think the very process of being conjured into being... And not like being born and growing up, but but simply snapping into existence and being whatever level of consciousness that it has and then being controlled like a puppet and then snapping out of existence or slowly decaying out of existence is kind of horrifying <laughs> and arguably okay. cruel. I have a question. Where do you draw the line with creatures? So if I conjured a dog... I made it do what I want and then disappeared it. Is that cruel? If the process hurts the dog or causes it distress, then yes. Okay, what about if it was a, a, a worm? Yes. If it causes it distress and it has enough awareness to experience that distress, then yes. If it doesn't feel anything and it doesn't think... Okay, you don't draw any lines from like mammal to invertebrate to insect sort of stuff. You see all animals as equally sentient and the same not in real life but in terms of magical animals that you're creating yes because potentially a worm could have the same amount of sentience as an actual human okay whereas a dog could just be like there's just nothing in there there's just elevator music and it doesn't feel Um. or think at all because who knows with a conjured animal even a worm can turn um but like i don't think a a conjured worm would have the same sentience and emotional capacity as a human. I just don't believe it. I think that they don't have those aspects to them because they don't have a soul. And as we know in the Harry Potter universe, you have to have a soul to be special and do things like move on to the afterlife. <laughs> I just think that because yeah. these these magically created things, whether they're transfigured from objects or conjured, because they don't have a soul, they don't have an essence, and they're not really alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. If if that's true, if they don't have a soul, if they're not really alive, if they don't think, if they don't feel, if they're not aware, then that's that's fine. I wouldn't say that that's animal cruelty then to create, to conjure these animals and then force them to do whatever you want. I do think it's completely horrifying. Mm-hmm. The idea of summoning, okay. not summoning, conjuring something that looks like a dog, you know, <laughs> smeal, smeals, smells, feels, acts like a dog you know, can be controlled and behaves like a dog, but is just not a dog. And you look in its eyes and there's just nothing there. It's not aware. It doesn't think. It doesn't feel anything. That is really, really bad. And I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I think goes on, basically. Yeah. That's cruel to me on a conceptual level. It's definitely not animal cruelty. (laughs) Conceptually, it's kind of fucked. Like, that wizards can just create a life like that, even though it's not real life. It's just a mimic of it. Mm -hmm. But... A similar. It's like the, what the resurrection stone does. It's weird, but I just think that it's not animal cruelty technically because it's not a real animal, and you're not being cruel to it because it doesn't even process what cruelty is because it's not real. Yeah, in that case, I think on a technicality, you're probably right, but you don't know that that's the case. Like these conjured animals could, they could be just as sentient or as just as sapient as a real animal. They could be even more so. We have no evidence of that. So it could still be cruel. Give me the receipts. But the other (laughs) thing that I want to address, we don't have evidence for or against for the conjured animal. Conjuration's kind of weird. But I think, to a certain extent, it's kind of cruel in in a different way. Not animal cruelty, but cruelty, I guess, to people, because it kind of creates a callousness. If you can just conjure living beings that aren't really living and then do whatever you want with them it 
creates this double standard in your mind where you're like, the things around me don't really feel, don't really think, don't really matter. And that leads to a more cruel mindset, I want to say. I don't know. I mean, because they're not really sure. I mean, we don't see any examples of it happening. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. That people would just like get a stapler and turn it into a snail. And then that's just a thing they do in class. But maybe there's some asshole out there that gets a stapler, turns it into a snail and then crushes a snail because they're a sadistic prick. Mm -hmm. Just because we don't see it happening doesn't mean it doesn't happen. But like, I don't know. I feel like you could make the Mm -hmm. argument that video games make people sociopaths and it's just not it doesn't hold up to scrutiny you know in a video game you can make a character and then you can make a bunch of sims and make them drown in the pool and apparently that makes you a sociopath but it really doesn't <laughs> like because you yeah. can tell the difference between what's real and what's not and i just mm-hmm. don't think it's the same that's a good point yeah you can tell the difference between what's real and what isn't. Yeah. There's, there's some black sheep out there that are going to exploit it and be creepy and sadistic about it. But my, for the most part, people are just conjuring beetles and, you know, turning pin cushions into porcupines and stuff. And it's just normal. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm willing to accept that that's the case with a conjured animal. I'll admit that where a conjured, where an animal is conjured from nothing into existence and potentially isn't real at all. That's where my argument's weakest. But I want to address the other kinds of transfiguration. Mm-hmm. So the first kind that I've got is animal into animal. Okay. And this isn't an exact example, but this is an example that I have. When Draco Malfoy is transformed into a ferret yep. by Professor Moody, in quotes. Barty Crouch Jr. Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah. He gets turned into a ferret immediately freaks out and tries to run towards the dungeons, indicating that he is fully aware and still has his human level of sapience while in his ferret body. And then he gets (sighs) caught... Okay. (laughs) Hang on. He gets caught in a magic spell and thrown up and down between the ceiling and the floor. When he gets turned back into his human body, he gets up from the floor, wincing, and his eyes watering with pain and humiliation. To me, that doesn't imply that the process of being transfigured from a ferret into a boy, sorry, from a boy into a ferret and then back again is really painful. I think he was feeling the pain as a ferret and that pain has transferred to his human form. So I think he was fully aware and experiencing everything the entire time. See, I just don't think that's the case. So you, you made the argument that when he became a ferret, he instantly tried to run towards the dungeons, which he knew would be safe because he is a Slytherin and belongs in the dungeons. I don't think that's what happened. I think... Yeah, I think he was going to get no, Snape, specifically. I think that's that he was trying to get away from the crowd and that ferrets, instinctually, they live in little holes in the ground, don't they? <laughs> they're like they're like mongoose. They're like, they dig. Mm-hmm. So he was like, smelled for the cold, dark place and was like, I'm going to go there because they won't be able to find me. And it's low. Um, scampered away from all the big legs and people to get to the ground, was picked up, tossed around, came to as a human again. So I feel like Draco was completely blank. as Like, he didn't exist. He was just gone. And then he came back and he was a human, but he knew something had happened because he was on the ground now, everyone's laughing, and Moody has a one pointed at him. And he kind of put two and two together and realised that something had been done to him. And because he's a wizard and knows a lot about transfiguration from, like, you know, probably years of study and his parents and stuff like that and Beetle the Bard <laughs> he knows that mm-hmm. when you turn into an animal you don't have any of your consciousness left Beetle the Bard mentions this in his story about Babbity Rabbity and her cackling stump the difference between Animagus and people who are transfigured into animals is that Animagus have full consciousness, when you're transformed into an animal you have no memory of being a witch or wizard and are just have the instincts and thoughts of an animal and so he kind of put two and two together, realised what went on, and was embarrassed and said, my father, but didn't understand what was happening yet. So, okay, that's what I think happened. You say that as, you say that as if it's better. <laughs> it's, I think it's better to keep your human level of sentience when you've been transformed into an animal. But you're saying that, Draco just being gone and having no level of sentience at all as soon as he's an animal is better. That's not. That's worse. The potential for abuse there is so much higher. I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying it's what's happened. 
So it's if it's worse, it's more cruel. <laughs> I'm just saying that this is what's happened. Definitely what's happened. Because that's what's established in the canon. But what I'm going to argue, once again, is that this isn't animal cruelty. <laughs> because okay, it's technically human abuse or student cruelty, whatever you want to call it. Because even though... Right. The person in question, even though it's the thing in question, momentarily is a ferret, it's still a boy. Like, he's just yeah. under a spell. And that, tra- as we know, transfigurations don't last forever. So even if Moody had never changed him back, eventually Joker Malfoy would have returned <laughs> from his ferret form. That's fine. I'm I'm not trying to say that like this is, you know, Draco abuse or whatever. I was just using the example of Draco being transformed into an animal to try and get a baseline for what happens when one animal is transformed into another. Yeah. So you're saying that there's no continuity between one animal being transformed into another, that no. they're completely separate experiences with no memory or crossover at all. Yep. That's what I'm saying. I still think that's really, really bad. Is it? Is it worse? Yes. So Is it worse imagine I'm to something that's be a rat. Let's just throw this out here. Is it worse to be a rat? Yeah, you're yeah. a rat. All you've ever known is that you're a rat, and now you're a rat and living a rat life. Mm-hmm. Or is it worse to be yep. changed into a rat, and you have all the memories of the fact that you were a human once, and now you have to be a rat forever? Ignorance is bliss. The second one is better because it's it's not forever. No, because you you're human. Because if <laughs> you have human emotions. Yes. <laughs> if I'm a human trapped in a rat's body in a world where people can change rats back into humans, then I can use my human level intelligence to go find another human and communicate to them that I'm in distress and need to be transformed back. If I just get my mind blanked and become a rat, then I can't do anything until the magic wears off, which could be years away. Okay, here's the argument I'm putting forward. Cruelty isn't what other people are seeing happening. It's what you are feeling happening. So... Yes. (laughs) Other people, like, if if it's a human turned into a rat, other people know that's cruel, but the rat itself doesn't know it's cruel. If you, but like, so my f- situation where you don't realize you're a rat, you're a human turning into a rat, you just think you're a rat, is less cruel because that's all you know and you're ignorant to the real reality of the situation. So it's not animal cruelty. It's just an animal being an animal. One of the definitions of cruelty is things that cause undue distress. So I'm a rat, I'm a rat, I'm a rat. But it's not distressed. <laughs> I'm a dog. <laughs> I'm a dog, I'm a dog, I've always been a dog. Now I'm a rat again. I've always been a rat. That is confusing and upsetting. (laughs) But it doesn't remember being a a dog. It's just always been a rat. So it's not confusing to it. It's confusing to me. I... I can't... I can't... (laughs) Just because you think it's cruel doesn't mean the rat thinks it's cruel. I can't... Because the rat doesn't know that what's happened to it. The rat doesn't know what's happened to it. I cannot figure out what is happening inside of the mind of this animal. (laughs) Like, talk of sort of souls aside. The mind of the animal. I'm a rat. And then that mind goes away. It stops. There's no continuity. Then I'm a dog. Where is the mind of I'm a dog coming from? What is that personality, that consciousness... If it's not the same as the rat consciousness, it's a brand new consciousness with no connection to the rat. Then it's yeah. just gone. Where does it go? Then the rat's back. Is it the same rat? Is it a new rat? What has happened to this animal? <laughs> Look, these aren't questions I can answer. <laughs> the only thing I can say is that because the rat doesn't have any memory of its previous live, lives, it's not cruel. For all we know, right now, we could have lived dozens of lives as rats, as dung beetles, as other people, mm-hmm. but we don't know that, so it's not cruel. Okay. <laughs> if I'm standing in front of you and I smack you in the face and then I hypnotize you so you don't remember it and you don't feel it because the pain's faded after a few minutes or mm-hmm. whatever, is that not cruel? Yep. That's totally fine. It's cruel that you did it, but it's not cruel for me experiencing it. I didn't experience anything cruel, so I don't know that I've been treated cruelly. 
and therefore it doesn't exist. Okay, I originally agreed with that, <laughs> but now that I've heard you say it, phrase it that way, I no longer agree. Things can be cruel, even no, if no, you no. don't know that it's cruel. No, no, no. I think therefore I am. Rene Descartes. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> okay. Descartes an idiot. <laughs> and that's not and he died what he meant at all. I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even know what you're trying to say by bringing Descartes into this. I don't have time to talk about Descartes right now. <laughs> no. Because to bring up a bit of a grim example... Think of a child that's lived its entire life in an abusive household and doesn't know anything else. So they don't know that what they are experiencing is wrong and terrible. That doesn't mean that the abusive house is fine and normal because it's not, just because the child isn't aware of it. Mm -hmm. Something can still be cruel even if you don't have the experience, knowledge, wherewithal to recognise that it is cruelty. Okay. Objectivity, to recognise that it's cruelty. Absolutely, I agree. The difference is, is that that's a child being abused. They're going through an abusive situation. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just pointing my wand at something and then turning it into something else, that's not necessarily abuse. It's not an objectively bad thing. It's just a transformation. And so the animal isn't having anything bad happen to it. And also, it's different to a human in terms of its sentience and emotional level, so it's not the same as comparing it to a child. Of course. I was just using the child as an example to get my point across. Yeah. I'm not saying that rats are the same as children. I understand. (laughs) I just wanted to point that out, too. That, like, it's different because a child being abused and not knowing it's being abused is different to a rat was once a cat, but now it's a rat now. It's not the same. It's not Mm -hmm. abuse. It's just transformation. Definitely. No, I wasn't saying it was the same. I was just trying to point out that things can be cruel even if you don't understand that it's cruel. But what you're supposing yeah. and is And I was that... pointing out that the context is different. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you. <laughs> we are in agreement. The point that I am now making is that you're supposing that the transformation itself and that the process of having your consciousness stop and start again is not traumatic. Mm-hmm. And is not cruel. I think that in and of itself could be called cruel. Okay, well, trauma exists in memory, or lack of memory, where memory once lived, right? So, you know, mm. you can have your mind start and stop again, but because it's not stored in memory, whether it be bodily memory or, like, your actual emotional memory, because it's not stored there because you're in a new body and emotional range now, it's not traumatic. <laughs> so, it's not cruel. That I just makes don't sense. know if I agree. Well, this... <laughs> it makes sense, but like, I I cannot conceive of a consciousness stopping and starting, and like yeah, I it's just not I can't, something that we can imagine. It, yeah, it's not something that I can imagine, and I, and if I can't imagine mm-hmm. it, I can't imagine it being peaceful, calm, fine. In my head, it's upsetting, okay. confusing, distressing. Sure. Right. Okay. But okay, yeah, we can't give a one-to-one examination of it in a way that makes sense for us. Yeah. But as far as I understand it, it's we can't describe it really as traumatic or cruel to change one animal into another animal because it's not painful. And I'll talk about this okay. now. Magic isn't painful. There's no evidence which says that an animal being transformed into something else or vice versa is a painful process. So we see animagus change back and forth all the time in the books and movies. It's like a smooth transition. They just sort of Mm -hmm. change in and out. It's not painful for them. It's fine. And we see this happen when McGonagall changes her desk into a pig. It's just basically a blink and now it's a pig. It's not like a slow, torturous, one-by-one, piece-by-piece transformation, which (laughs) I imagine would be awful and and painful. It's just like, pop, there it is. It's it's done. I don't think it's painful. I think it's just... Yeah, like the animals. Yeah, it's, it's completely fine. So I don't think that the transformation itself is traumatic in terms of physical pain or emotional pain or distress. Okay. I think that that is probably true mm-hmm. when the spell is performed correctly. correctly. Oh, okay. Let's get into I this. I want to talk about in... <laughs> okay. Yeah. So in fourth year, um, in transfiguration class, they are turning porcupines into pincushions. Is this what you knew I was going to yeah, say? Yeah, Dean Thomas's pincushion. Yep, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah. Hermione Granger is the only person who has been able to successfully transform her porcupine into a pincushion. 
Dean Thomas, his pincushion keeps curling up in fright when it's approached with a pin. So that means that the pincushion is aware of the idea of a pin, aware that it's going to have a pin stuck in it, expects to feel pain from having a pin stuck in it. That's bad. (laughs) All of those things are bad. And I guess my part two to this is, does that awareness go away when the spell is complete and performed correctly? And is that better? Because I kind of think that they're both pretty horrifying. Yeah, so what I understood from this is that the implication here is that when a transfiguration is done successfully, an animal is unable to feel what it did in its original form and is unaware anything has changed because it is no animal anymore. It has no animal sentience. It's just an object now. So Hermione's pincushion doesn't shrink mm-hmm. in fear. It doesn't feel any pain. It's just a pincushion. It never knew it was a porcupine. So um, the question remains about Dean Thomas's: is this animal cruelty because he isn't successfully transfiguring his and everyone else in the class, they're not doing it successfully yet because they're still learning. Now, my opinion, again, is that mm-hmm. Hogwarts doesn't keep a menagerie of exotic animals in the, ca- in the castle. What, what is happening is that McGonagall is getting a bunch of pincushions and then changing them into porcupines. So they were never actually animals in the first place. And they're practicing on conjured animals, which just are animated and move. So they're not real animals again. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's not animal cruelty. Okay. So <laughs> that curling up in fright thing... You don't think they're actually feeling fear. You think they're just mimicking what the actions of a porcupine would yeah. do. And it's part of the learning tool of learning transfiguration. Okay. And it's weird because when you think about it, shouldn't the pin cushion be curling up in fright? Because a porcupine doesn't know what a pin is. A pin cushion knows what a pin is. <laughs> so yes. it doesn't make sense for the, the porcupine to be afraid of the, the porcupine that's half transferred into a pin cushion to be afraid of the pin. So, I think, hmm, yeah, that's a weird crossover because porcupines curl up in fright when they're afraid, and I guess porcupines would be afraid of being when they're stabbed. Threatened. Yeah, yeah, but does a porcupine know what a pin is? A pincushion does, if a pincushion is aware. Mm. Or is it like the first time they don't curl up from fear, but then once they've been stabbed once, they're like, "Ow!" Okay, <laughs> and they're, then they're they like, start. Yeah, curling I know up what it is fear. now. Okay. Mm. Right. So, what do you think? <laughs> we're, we're getting into really dangerous territory now, because I kind of want to circle back around to Westworld. Okay. If something is a perfect copy, and it imitates behavior perfectly, mm. how do you know that it's not really... How do you know that it's not real? Well, it's, it's like in Westworld, you have to give it a bunch of tests to prove that it has sentience and consciousness <laughs> is that the point of Westworld <laughs> yeah right that, I've only seen season one I haven't seen season two so don't, don't spoil it for me um okay here's the ending of season two of Westworld <laughs> no don't tell me um <laughs> no I'm not going to okay <laughs> so um I think that the point of Westworld is that if something looks and behaves so close to real that you can't tell the difference, then you may as well assume that it is real, because for all intents and purposes, it is real. So I think that this whole conjured animals don't feel anything is kind of bullshit. I think if it looks and acts like it's in pain, then you should assume that it's in pain. I just... I think if you can't eat it, it's not real. (laughs) Bold statement. (laughs) But we know we can't eat <laughs> that, them. That is a wild claim. <laughs> it's not made up of biological material. It can't eat it. It's not real. Let me continue. It's not made up of biological material. That's just truly that. insane. Okay. So. You know what I can't eat? Fire. Yeah, okay. I'm getting to it. Fire isn't real claims. Let me, let me continue. I'm, I'm getting to a point. So, you know, we can see and touch and, and feel things and they're real. And of course there are things that we, can, that we can't see and touch, that we can't touch physically and they're still real. Like emotions and stuff like that and, and fire. We can touch fire. Anyway, but like 
they are real only because <laughs> we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't touch fuck. They the things that we can't touch and consume are real only because we like experience them. You know what I mean? So because mm-hmm. like we we can dream up that we have a pet dragon, but that's not real. We can't see and touch it and it's not really there. I think it's just the same with creating a conjured animal or a transfigured animal, even though we, we feel like it shrinks away from a, a pin and it's it seems to in our in our mind's eye, it's not real. <laughs> it's not actually doing that. It's just doing that because it's a magical thing that moves to make us think it's real. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but to me it just feels like we're the two scientists at Westworld and one of us is like, the robots don't feel anything, and one of them's like, I, they're basically human. Like, who's who's right? We don't know. I I don't know enough about consciousness to articulate my argument well enough. Okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. There's a time when Slughorn is an armchair. Yeah. And Dumbledore pokes him with a wand, and then Slughorn, the armchair, yelps, and then when he turns back into himself, his eyes are watering. So that indicates to me that when he was a chair, he still had his human level awareness and was able to feel pain. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so what I think happened is that Slughorn half transfigured himself to look like the armchair that was already in the house. So he, like, changed parts of his body to be, like, uh, floppy and, like, look like the same pattern on the chair, and then sort of hid himself in the chair to look like part of the cushion work that was lumpy, but he wasn't changing himself into a chair, because then he wouldn't know he was a wizard anymore. He wouldn't think he was a chair. (laughs) (laughs) And no matter poking with a wand would wake him up from that. It'd have to be a finite cantatum that would stop that. (laughs) So, that's not what happened. (laughs) Okay, I guess that's reasonable. Because I did also read that, like, <laughs> human transfigurations are only possible with two person, two people, because yeah, you if can't you transform yourself, yourself into an object, you might just stay stuck like that, because you can't wave your wand to change yourself back. <laughs> yeah, no. He's like, shit, Dumbledore's coming, mess up the room, and then he's like, alright, I'll hide myself like this chair, I'll change the colour of my pyjamas and my skin to look like this purple chair, and I'll sort of, like flatten myself into it and sort of make myself look a bit like a cushion, but not really actually a cushion. <laughs> no, that's not... Yeah, it's like when when Hermione changes the features on Ron's face to look like a different person. It's transfiguring parts of the self to look different, but not the whole self into a different essence. Otherwise, that's too dangerous. Okay. Yeah, so it was like... It was like half transfiguration, half illusion. Fair enough. I, I guess I'm happy with that happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is in the Hogwarts transfiguration classes. But what about in mm-hmm. the real world where you can get real animals right. and transfigure them into something else? It's not like it's illegal that we know of. So I assume if you're doing this in the real world, for the most part, it'll be experienced fully trained wizards that are grabbing a squirrel out of a tree and turning it into an inkwell for whatever reason. So we know that when you do this... Yeah. <laughs> need some ink. Need some hold my Need some ink. When you do this... This Because they've been <laughs> trained and they can do this successfully. The animal has no memory, it has no feeling, it has no pain. It just It's an inkwell now and it never knew anything different. So I don't think that's cruel because it may seem cruel to us as an outsider who's thinking about it in terms of you just deleting that animal and making it into something else without its consent. But it's not cruel for the animal's experience itself because it's not mm-hmm. experiencing cruelty. It's not experiencing anything. It's an inkwell now. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. What about when it turns back into an, uh, in a squirrel? So let's stick with the squirrel into an inkwell. There's a wizard walking through the woods. Suddenly he has to write a letter. He conjures yeah. a desk, conjures a parchment, conjures quill, but he doesn't conjure... An inkwell. He grabs a squirrel out of a tree, turns it, in, transfigures it into an inkwell, and then conjures some ink, and then he writes his letter. Yeah. What if he disappears everything that he conjured, forgets about the inkwell, walks away, and then either, like, the magic slowly decays or the wizard is immediately killed by a bear? Either way, 
<laughs> the inkwell now transforms back into a squirrel, but this takes a long enough period of time that it's now winter and the squirrel doesn't have any food because it was an inkwell all the time that it should have been gathering nuts. Okay. This is an incredibly elaborate example. <laughs> but I think that counts as cruelty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I mean... It's hard because, like, the wizard didn't intend for that to happen. Like, you know, like, it's... Cruelty has to have intention behind it. The wizard wasn't turning the squirrel into an inkwell with the thought of, like, fuck this inkwell, I'm gonna leave this squirrel here, and then it won't turn back for months, and it won't have collected any nuts for winter, and it's gonna die of starvation. If he was, then yes, that is cruelty. But if he wasn't thinking of that, and doing that purposefully, then I guess that's not cruelty, that's just negligence. Right? I disagree. I think negligence in and of itself is cruelty. And I also think that you can be unconsciously yeah, cruel. Yeah, as I'm saying it, I know it's wrong. I think being <laughs> ignorant of the effects of your actions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, to get a bit political, someone hoarding billions upon billions of dollars while people starve to death because they can't afford food yeah. is cruel, even if they aren't sitting there on their pile of money being like, I'm so glad all those people are starving to death. Mm-hmm. It's still cruel. Okay. Yeah, okay. So that particular scenario is cruel. What the wizard should have done is, you know, either just conjured an inkwell, had one on his person, or just changed the squirrel back once he was done with the inkwell. So the squirrel had no memory of being an inkwell, goes back to its squirrel life. All is dandy. So yeah, in that particular instance, not transfiguring is cruel. Yeah. So what if he knocks the inkwell off the table and it smashes on the forest floor? Does that kill the squirrel? I, I assume so, honestly. I, I mean, I don't know for sure. It's never really answered. I tried to find an answer to this in my research, and there wasn't one. <laughs> and um, I just don't know. I mean, but it seems like not. Because surely, you'd imagine if like they're doing cats to cauldrons in class, and... A kid knocks their cauldron over mm. and the, the handle falls off. Like, just the risk of that happening is so high. It's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. So surely it's not permanent. Surely McGonagall can be like, Reparo, cauldron fixed, get back to your work. And then Reparofage, it's back to what it was before the transfiguring started. Because that is a spell that exists. That just returns it back to its original form, no matter what. So I feel mm-hmm. like it, even if you fuck up the transfiguration and it's a cauldron with ears and a tail, you can cast Reprofage and it fixes it. So I feel like that's not a thing that kills it. Okay. But if the cauldron, you know, hit the ground and shattered into a million pieces somehow, it's a glass cauldron. <laughs> that would still kill it, though. No, I don't think it does, because... I think that if the cauldron, for some reason, if it did shatter like that, it could still be fixed with Reprofage. Because Reprofage can take a cauldron that has ears and a tail and change it back to its original form. So I don't see why it couldn't take a cauldron that is smashed and change it back into its original form. Okay. That's assuming that the wizard who's smashed the cauldron cares enough to fix that. Because when you're used to just turning animals into objects and back and whatever and you don't actually think of these things as real there's no reason why you would care enough to make sure that everything's set right in the end which is kind of what i was saying with the callousness argument okay there is though because it's different to getting a button and transfiguring it into a beetle which isn't a real animal and then changing it back then grabbing a squirrel out of a fucking hollow tree and changing it into an Mm -hmm. inkwell most reasonable people, you can't make laws in situations which account for crazy, unemotional people because then we'll be here all day. But most reasonable yeah. people will be like, I've used this squirrel, it's time for me to give it back to where it was because it's, it's a squirrel and I'm a person that mm-hmm. has, has reason and emotion behind my actions. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I think there's situations where cruelty can occur, but there's also situations where there is absolutely no cruelty in place. It's kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It kind of comes down to the person who's doing the magic in question, which is just like in the real world when it comes down to the person who owns the animal or is or knows the person who owns the mm-hmm. animal. It's the same thing. Yeah. I wizards have the potential to be 
endlessly, endlessly cruel. But I don't think it's necessarily cruel to mm. transfigure animals into other animals or into objects or conjure animals. Because of the memory jump. Mm. Yeah. It just, it doesn't compute what happened. The only thing that I really have left to say is that I think creating creating either real animals or things that appear to be real animals and then transfiguring them willy-nilly in my mind creates a culture of thinking that you can just constantly reshape mm-hmm. reality to suit your whims and not have to think about the consequences yeah. and I don't yeah. think that's a solid foundation for ethical behaviour. Yeah, sure. But we only ever see it being used unethically by, you know, the black sheep that like like Voldemort yeah. like that like and I... Grindelwald and shit <laughs> like that who just treat creatures less than them like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you by, can't really, you know. By people who behave unethically, anyway. Yeah, by people who have so much ethical, unethical behaviour stacked against them that animal cruelty is just real low on the list. It's just another factor of their unethical behaviour. Yeah. Like, oh, let's arrest Voldemort for animal cruelty, like, and not all the murders? Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> the genocide. <laughs> The torture. Crimes against humanity. Yeah. yeah, I'm horrified by the thought of a world where any object that you find anywhere on a daily basis could be like a real living animal that's been transfigured and is just stuck like that. <laughs> but I don't think it's reasonable to assume mm. that that's really the case in the wizarding world. Like, sure, you might find some random sicko whose entire ink well collection yeah. is just squirrels that he's captured. But also you could find in the muggle world some sicko who just hunts squirrels and then stuffs them and puts them into little scenes or whatever. You know those people who like stuff animals and make them look like they're in a band or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Make them into little, you know, fishing people and police officers and stuff. You know, it's fine to have a hobby, but not when you're hunting them to do it. It's just weird. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, big difference between, I, I don't know, people who kill animals for the purpose of displaying them Versus, like, I don't know, vulture culture or something. Even though I still I still wouldn't want to be dead and then someone finds my body and dresses it up and puts them in, like, a little, you know, tutu and stuff. I wouldn't want that personally for me. But, you know, my body... My dead body has different rights to an animal's dead body. That's, that's yeah. a whole other... Whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't care because... I think all consciousness stops at the point of death, but we have strayed yeah. well no, into no. a whole new conversation that's very big and I don't think we want to have at the end of this episode. Yeah. I just <laughs> want to clarify, I don't care because I, of all that, I care because when I've died, I sent up my body to have all my organs donated and then cremated. That's what I want to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. want anyone doing weird shit to my dead body. Like, it's just, I don't want to be necrophiles, okay? <laughs> Yeah. Like, you don't want to be posed in some serial killer's life. <laughs> you want your organs to go and do good work. Yeah, that's not, not for in me. The community. <laughs> uh, organs into other people's bodies or science and then cremated, thrown into the ocean. That's it, guys. Yeah. This is my will. This is it. <laughs> Here it is. Submitted as evidence this episode. <laughs> God, imagine. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> I think I've gone through all of my points. I, I'm i mostly just really confused about what consciousness is and whether or not it's distressing to have your consciousness start and stop. It's so it's so bewildering because for me as a human, if I was being turned in an op- into an object and then back into a human, I would basically yeah. just be losing time throughout my day and mm. not aware of what's happening to me as an object, which is distressing. All of that is very distressing, confusing... And I would class it yeah. as torture if it was happening to me over a prolonged period of time and with any malice. But, like, for a rat, like, what do rats know? They just want to be chefs and live their lives. <laughs> they just want to go to party. They don't know what's happening. <laughs> they just want to make ratatouille. Rats are barely real. Anyone can cook. No, mm. um... Yeah, so if the debate's <laughs> done and we're just doing final opinions, then I would like to state that I absolutely believe that it is animal cruelty. Um, <laughs> purely. Not, not God, the conjure animals, you. but... I hate you! But if I'm turning a buffalo into a, a bulldozer, or whatever you want to say, 
like not the conjured animals, not getting a beetle turning into a button, that's a conjured animal, whatever. But if I'm getting a real life animal and turning it into something else for my use and then turning it back, I think that's cruelty and it purely comes down to consent. Because that animal isn't consenting to do the work. And now we can talk about how animals don't consent to do anything that they're forced to do, whether it's carry heavy loads or be put in Mm. enclosures of people to come witness and things like that, or even to be put into people's homes as companionship. (laughs) We can talk about that all day. (laughs) And I have strong opinions about like, like I'm not, I haven't done a a lot of research into animal cruelty and where I, where I sit, but my ethics kind of like, I'm not comfortable with zoos and things like that. Like, I'm not comfortable with hugely commercial zoos. I'm more comfortable with nature reserves mm-hmm. where they, like, rescue the animals and then help them and then return them to the wild. But just a commercial zoo where they keep, like, a like a leopard seal in, in like, a 20-meter pool, it, it, it upsets me. <laughs> like, I don't like it. It's kind of sad, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm pretty pro-zoo, as long as it's a zoo that's being ethically run. Obviously, a leopard seal should not be in a 20-meter pool. But, But like, like, in my defense, the only time I've ever seen a leopard seal in a 20-meter pool was when its big, fancy tank was being cleaned. Yeah. (laughs) it was so angry it was in that little pool. I just, I'm (laughs) fine with, like I said, nature, like, conservation reserves. They rescue, protect, and then return, like, in Australia Zoo. But I'm not fine with just zoos where it's Mm. like, we have the animals here all the time, and they just live here. I just, it makes me uncomfortable. Like, I don't particularly like to go to those sort of of places because it just makes me sad. Like, you know, those those animals belong in the wild. Like, (laughs) I understand that their habitats have been destroyed. I I get it. That's rescuing. But when their habitats are perfectly fine and they're just put here because they're an exotic animal that people would pay to see, that's when it upsets me. I disagree, but I feel like we've, we've firmly strayed into an argument that, first of all, I haven't done the research for... And, like, it's just... Su- we're just going to have such a big <laughs> argument and it's not going to be about Harry Potter and I don't know how entertaining it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really want to end up screaming at each other at the end of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> we can have well, this conversation in person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I've been Jem. And if you want to turn a squirrel into an inkwell, that's fine. Just turn it back. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> I'm, I've been Rhea, and I just, just fucking leave squirrels alone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a fancy tagline. This whole episode has been so confusing for me. I barely understand <laughs> what we're talking about. Um, is that how you want to end it? <laughs> yes. End of episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.